Sophie Etheridge is an adaptive athlete who developed complex regional pain syndrome after a car knocked her off her bike as she was traveling to triathlon training. Swimming was a huge part of Sophie's life before the accident. Describing herself as a really outgoing musician and triathlete who cycled everywhere and was constantly busy. Now a wheelchair user, she's had to reconfigure her life, bringing swimming back into it. 2021, she swam Lake Windermere in the Lake District. She's only recently started writing about this life-changing event and how it felt and about swimming for her now. Sophie Etheridge, welcome to Swimming Pod. Thank you very much for having me. Sophie, tell us about it, your life before the accident. So before the accident, I lived in Hastings down on the south coast with my family. I had a very happy childhood, full of swimming and lots of music as well. Until about the age of 17, I swam competitively and also with the Hastings Voluntary Lifeguards. So when I turned 18, went off to university at Anglia Ruskin in Cambridge, was studying music and absolutely loved it. Through my first year, really, really adapted well to living in Cambridge. I'd started teaching swimming to little children at the local pool. Um, I'd also found a triathlon club, which I trained with regularly, both in running, cycling and swimming, which is a really lovely community to find and something that was separate from university that I really enjoyed. But as I was growing up, I'd worked my way through all of the STA awards, which is what I was teaching the little children when I taught swimming, had swum competitively and lost that competitive swimming side of things and was just focusing on the triathlon element of stuff. I did some open water swimming, but there was limited open water swimming around Cambridge because I couldn't get to the places, but the lakes and the river and things like that. Passed my first year, had a great time, came back at the beginning of my second year, had just got settled and back into the rhythm of student life and everything, was cycling on my way to a triathlon running training session and Sadly, a car didn't indicate at a junction and it just turned in front of me, swiped and took out my front wheel. So I was attached to my bike with the proper cycling shoes. What happened was my bike went one way and I went the other way. I was quite lucky in some ways in that I got away with cuts, bruises and a badly sprained ankle. And that was about it. Obviously, was taken to hospital, but was sent home a couple of hours later with some crutches just because of my ankle and told that I'd probably need them two, maybe three weeks, just until the pain eased off, and then I could get back to normal. After a couple of weeks, I'd obviously tried walking a bit without using the crutches, and I'd managed to get down to using just one crutch, but was in a lot of pain, and it felt more like I'd got a broken foot rather than just a sprain. So I didn't really know what was going on. Whereas... Before my accident, I'd always been very active. I played in many orchestras and bands around Cambridge. Obviously, I did the triathlon training and I had a plan for after university as well. I was going to hopefully teach, be a teaching assistant in a primary school around Cambridge somewhere and then for a couple of years. And then I was going to go back to Anglia Ruskin and study music therapy because they do a master's there. And then eventually, after I'd finished that, the ultimate goal was to become a music therapist working in a special educational needs school. After my accident, everything got put on hold. I couldn't cycle everywhere anymore. 
I couldn't get to my rehearsals that I would have for bands and orchestras and things. I wasn't able to continue with teaching swimming. I obviously couldn't do the triathlon training that I was. Suddenly everything stopped and I didn't really know where I was or what was going to happen because what was a sprained ankle and I was told was a sprained ankle was a lot more painful and causing a lot more issues than I thought it was going to for me. So how has your life been since that accident? It's been difficult. As I said, I was a bit lost, didn't really know what I could do. For about a year, I was using either one crutch or two crutches, depending on the pain level. But I was told that I could start swimming and doing activities again. So I tried desperately hard to get back into all of my sports and get back to cycling and everything like that. But the pain made it difficult. It was exhausting being in pain all the time. But I also had the judgment that it was only a sprained ankle. It was difficult both mentally and physically for me. I managed to keep competing to an extent in triathlon. It was just incredibly painful and I had to take a lot of painkillers. And eventually wanted to do a triathlon that was close to home so that my parents could come and watch me. So signed up, I think it was in 2012, to do the triathlon, sprint triathlon in Ashburnham. Went and did the triathlon, trained for it as much as I could. Swim had gone great. I was still unable to kick my legs very well, but tried. The bike was quite hilly. So I did struggle and was in quite a lot of pain by the time I got to the run. And on the run, I slipped over and put my foot down a rabbit hole and twisted my left ankle again, which was the same ankle that was painful anyway. I managed to finish the race, but crossed the finish line in tears and was sent off to the hospital again. Again, I was told it's a badly sprained ankle. Just use crutches for a couple of weeks and it'll ease off. And it never did. Instead of the pain easing off, it got worse. My ankle and foot and lower left leg would swell up. It would go purple. It almost had yellow blotches on it and it had it was very, very sensitive. Going outside, if it was windy, was quite painful. Wearing trousers was painful. And from then, when, when I got back to uni, I was sent to the pain clinic at Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge. And again, went backwards and forwards whilst they were trying to work out why I was in so much pain when all I had was a sprained ankle. I was given physio as well. Eventually, I was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome and also fibromyalgia. So complex regional pain syndrome is a chronic pain condition. It's known as one of the most painful conditions in the world, causes an intense burning pain in my foot or leg or whichever area is affected any area can be affected brain normally and your nervous system normally sends a pain signal when you get an injury and then as the injury heals those pain signals reduce with complex regional pain syndrome those pain signals continue and often intensify rather than decrease which is why you constantly stay in pain so there isn't an injury It's normally triggered by an injury and it can be anything as small as a paper cup. And mine was my sprained ankle. I was told I could compete in sports, still do sports and still cycle and run and walk and everything. But it was just too painful for me. So I eventually ended up using two crutches. That made getting around very difficult. I played quite a lot of different instruments. I play the clarinet, 
bass clarinet and played the saxophone at the time as well and had the issue that I simply couldn't carry my instruments to rehearsals. I was unable to cycle to other rehearsals where I had a rehearsal with a different band outside university. All of my triathlon training stopped and I was unable to continue teaching swimming as well because I found that water was quite painful on my leg from the hypersensitivity. It was almost like life ground to a halt. It began to take its toll mentally as well as physically. And there were some very, very, very dark days where I struggled as much mentally as physically. I spent probably about five years thinking that life was over as I knew it and as I wanted it to be. Everything that I'd planned to do and wanted to do suddenly couldn't happen or felt like it couldn't happen. It was very complicated with hospital appointments. I was still trying to finish my music degree, was missing so many lectures that in the end, in my third year, I ended up going part-time at university because I was missing so many lectures that I couldn't keep up and I was so exhausted. I felt very lost, very alone. And eventually I was sent on a pain, intense pain management programme at Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge. There were about five or six of us on the course. The course lasted a year, but we had three weeks intensive and then we had a checkup at six months and a checkup at a year. During the three weeks intensive, we had sessions with nurses to do with medications because everybody that was on the pain course, a lot of, well, most of us took quite heavy painkillers. So I'm on morphine daily, as well as a lot of other anti-inflammatories and painkillers. With the nurse, we adjusted any medication and tried some different things. We also then had physiotherapy sessions, intensive physio sessions, and also hydrotherapy sessions. By this point, I had been out of the water for about three years, um, hadn't swum at all, completely lost my identity because I hadn't swum at all, and that had always been who I was. So when we were asked to introduce ourselves on the first day, I didn't really know what to say because I didn't really know who I was. With the hydrotherapy, that was probably the most nerve wracking thing for me because I hadn't been in the water. Obviously, I'd had a shower and a bath and things like that, but I hadn't actually been in a swimming pool and had water constantly around my leg and my foot. And I knew that it was going to be very painful. And it was very painful. Rather than doing any actual hydrotherapy it was just me standing in the hydrotherapy pool trying to get used to being in the water and there were quite a few tears we kept doing that and trying to build it up after the physio and hydro we then went on to seeing an occupational health therapist they would teach us simple things that are really obvious but you don't think about one of the things for me I'd recently moved into my first flat I was struggling with things like cooking and cleaning, which sound really simple. But if you struggle to stand up for long periods of times, then it can be really difficult. I was taught some really simple ways to make that easier for me. So that was one of the things that really helped me in terms of confidence in living alone and living day to day as well, just in general. We had discussions with a psychiatrist um, and psychologist. And they helped us to try and work out what we wanted to do. And in my case, who I was and 
where I was in life because I didn't really know at the time. Both myself and one other person on the course said one of the things that we would like to do by the end of the course, so by the end of the year, was we both wanted to be swimming again. We had to set goals and our goal we set ourselves was to swim the one mile event at the Great East Swim in 2016, I think it was. For me, the challenge was more being in the water. For my friend, it was the actual physical movements that were more difficult for her. After three weeks intensive, it was great. We'd learned a lot. We ended up staying in contact, all of us, over the for the six months and then eventually the year. And we still talk sometimes now as well. My friend and I remotely trained together for the Great East. For me, it started with me sitting on a poolside with my legs dangling in the water for five minutes. I'd ended up doing that probably for about three or four weeks. Then I moved on to actually getting into the water and standing in the swimming pool for five minutes. It was probably about two months before I actually started started swimming but as soon as I started swimming it was almost like something mentally inside me clicked and I it just felt right and I felt like I was in the right place it was very painful and I had to build it up very gradually with how far I could swim because of the pain and I realized also that I was unable to kick my legs so I was having to do quite a lot of upper body strength work by this point I was using a wheelchair But one of the things that I struggled with at the swimming pool was the fact that I was in a wheelchair. The amount of people that judged when they saw me stand up out of my wheelchair and get into the swimming pool and then swim was really difficult for me. When I was younger, I was quite a fast swimmer and a very strong swimmer. And all I had ever had was people making positive comments on that. It had flipped. Instead of saying look at that person, she's really quick, or she's got great technique. It was, if that person can swim, then why she? Why is she in a wheelchair? She doesn't need a wheelchair. For me, that judgmental side was really, really difficult for me. It made me question a lot. It made me question if I wanted to carry on swimming, because I feared that no matter where I went, I would have that judgment from other people. And sadly, I still get it to this day. But I managed to ignore them and keep working towards that one mile swim. Eventually, I think it was in the June, mid-June, my friend and I did actually complete the one mile swim in open water. And once I'd started swimming in open water again, I knew that I wasn't going to stop after the one mile. It was almost a release and felt freeing. And it was all of a sudden, nothing else really mattered. I was still struggling a lot mentally um, and I was having regular counselling sessions to help me with that and still do sometimes have them because I'm still not the person that or I still wasn't the person that I wanted to be. I didn't know who I was. I was swimming and competing at these events and things, but outside the events, I didn't know what I could and what I couldn't do and what I should and shouldn't do because of the amount of that I'd been judged by other people. It made me feel like I had to disable myself and not do things when I would have physically been able to do them, but because of the way that other people would look at me and judge me. For example, something really simple would be going shopping. If there was something on a top shelf, I could stand up and reach it and then sit back down into my wheelchair. 
the looks that you get when you do that are really difficult to deal with. It's almost people questioning who you are. You can see the judgment in their eyes of, well, if she does that, why is she in a wheelchair? Working through that, I was building up my confidence in swimming. And by building up my confidence in swimming, that actually built up my confidence in general to be able to deal with situations like that when I go out shopping. It means that I am more confident, but I still didn't know what I could and couldn't do. I was setting myself regular challenges and they started small, like the one mile swim. And then I progressed on to a 3K swim the following year and a 5K swim the following year as well. Gradually built up. Eventually in 2019, I decided to do my first marathon swim I did the Thames Marathon Swim, which was a 14k swim down the Thames with the Henley Swim Organisation. For me, the difficult bit was you had to get out at each of the locks, but we managed to organise it so that I had my crutches ferried to each lock um, so that I was able to complete it. I then did the 10, or was supposed to do the 10 mile swim at Lake Tallinn in Wales. I ended up only doing 10k in Wales which was upsetting for me, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And that was because the water was about five degrees colder than I had swum in since I'd been back swimming, which was by this point only about three years, I think I'd been back in the water. So it would have been a big achievement anyway, just the 10k. That year after doing that 10k swim, the aim was to always build up to trying to attempt a long swim like One Way Windermere. For me, One Way Windermere took me back to when I was a teenager. I was originally going to attempt doing a One Way Windermere with one of my friends when I was about 17. I did all of the training for it and was ready to do it, but about a month beforehand got a shoulder injury, so was unable to complete it. So it had always been in the back of my mind since then that it was something that I wanted to do. After the 10k swim, I decided I'd look into doing Windermere. Since I'd already done that swim, I figured that adding an extra 3k on top of the distance that I'd swum wasn't really much of a challenge, so decided to swim it two ways instead. I was supposed to do that in 2020, but obviously the pandemic hit, which meant all the pools were closed and a lot of the open water swim venues where I swim were closed as well. So it meant that I couldn't train. The pools reopened about six weeks before my swim. They said I could still do the swim, but I took the decision to postpone it and do it the following year so that I would have enough time to train both physically and mentally because I knew it was going to be a tough challenge. Over that period of time, I took advantage of people working from home. It made it a lot easier for me in terms of my chronic health issues because it meant that I was also able to do things from home and wasn't expected to go out to go and do things and attend any meetings or whatever I had. So I think most people during COVID got very used to using Zoom. And I imagine that everybody at least on one occasion has been wearing their pyjamas in a Zoom call. As someone with a chronic illness who suffers with chronic fatigue as well, sometimes you do struggle to get out of bed in the mornings. And so by being able to do things at home, it allowed me to be able to have meetings at home half in my pyjamas, which was a lot easier for me. It kind of got me thinking about the events that I've done over the past 
last three, four years. I'd got a bit fed up in some ways in that I was the only disabled athlete at the events I'd done, the open water events I'd done. Whenever I wanted to do an event, I always had to contact the organisers because there was never enough information on their website about the accessibility. I need assistance getting in and out of the water. And I also use my wheelchair to get to the water's edge. So I need to know that it's possible to get to the water's edge in a wheelchair and that there'll be someone to support me getting in and out of the water. There was never anything in place. And whenever I turned up at an event, I got all those judgmental looks again that I mentioned earlier. So as a result, purely for myself, I decided to start a Facebook group. So in November last year, I started the Adaptive Slash Disabled Open Water Swimmers Group, or ADOs for short. It started with about eight people. They were all friends. They were just people that I knew that swam. And then eventually in the January, all of a sudden, something was shared somewhere and we had over 150 member requests in the space of 24 hours, which to me was utterly bonkers and not at all what I was expecting and it got to the point where I was having so many member notifications that I actually turned my phone and laptop off because it was driving me insane it kind of built up but and we had a gradual stream of new members and as more people joined the group it became more well known and I started getting requests for interviews and since starting that up in January this year life has started to make sense again I wasn't expecting it to make this much of a difference but over the past year everything has fallen into place for me swimming is still painful but I trained properly for Windermere I gradually built it all up built up all my strength I did a lot of strength and conditioning through the winter period last year because I don't kick my legs so I worked a lot on my shoulders and core muscles and my arms just to make sure that I was in the best place possible and I decided that my two-way windmill swim would be to fundraise for the charity Arctic One who had helped me previously who are a small disability sport charity that give grants out to disabled athletes of all levels from people just starting out sports and trying sports to Paralympians so I wanted to fundraise to give back the grant that I'd been given by them thankfully and I thought Windermere would be a good way to do that and I also decided to use Windermere to raise awareness of other disabled swimmers because one thing that I had learned within a couple of months of the increase in members was the amount of people with disabilities that did open water swimming and that open water swimming benefited nobody knew that we were there because people didn't attend events because events weren't accessible and so I hoped to change that and I've started to change that I finally got the identity back and I'm not the same person that I was before my accident because I think experiences end up defining us I think I'm a better person now than I was before my accident because of those experiences since my accident which was 10 years ago a couple of weeks ago although things have been very very difficult and I've struggled a lot and been in some very very dark places I have finally been able to accept who I am now and yes I am a disabled person but that doesn't matter to me if people want to judge me then they can go ahead and judge me and that I believe is a reflection on them not on me now 
And so I just want to be able to help other disabled people to realise a similar thing so that they can do things that they want to do. If that's open water swimming, then great. Hopefully I'll see them at an event one day. Um, if it's just being able, having the confidence to go out and go shopping, that's fine. If they can do that and that's what they want to aim for, then that's brilliant when they achieve it. But I'm finally at peace with who I am and where my life is in terms of helping people, but also by helping people, helping myself to the point where I'm content and happy with how things are. You're someone who finds music very important. Is there any yeah. music that you associate with swimming? So, yes, there is. And I don't very often talk about it, to be honest, because it's quite often seen that you're either an athlete or you're a musician. You never very rarely find someone that's both, or I haven't found anyone that is. For me, before an event especially, I've got a playlist on my phone and I always listen to it. And that really helps me with my nerves. If I've got nerves before an event, I don't always get them. I sometimes do. Calms me down and brings me into the headspace where I know that I can just go and get the job done. So with my Windermere swim, the one piece of music that I associate most for me, both in terms of swimming, but also generally in terms of my life, is actually um, the piece Electricity by Elton John. And it's used in the film Billy Elliot, which is where I first heard it, musical Billy Elliot, which was one of my favourite musicals as I was growing up because I really like musicals. In my head, when if I'm doing a long swim, so for example, during Windermere, on the way back on the second leg, it was very windy and it was really difficult. I was swimming, but I wasn't going anywhere. And I actually sang the song to myself whilst I was swimming. And a lot of people have kind of laughed and joked that I sing to myself and that's how I keep myself occupied. But you've got to have something that keeps you occupied. The bit that really resonates with me is in the film. I don't know if you know the film. Towards the end, where Billy has gone for an audition, the audition panel asks him how it feels when he dances. To me, in my head, it makes me think of how I feel when I swim. In the way that in the lyrics, it says that he feels free. That's how I feel when I swim. I'm like everybody else when I swim. If you didn't see my wheelchair or my crutches on the shore, you wouldn't know there was anything wrong with me. You would just see me from shoulders up. So you don't see that there's an issue with my leg. Swimming calms me. It's still painful, but I feel a lot of freedom and a lot of release. It's my happy place. If I'm feeling sad or struggling, I will go swimming. I almost imagine myself being in a bubble when I'm swimming. And that space is for me and my thought only, not for anybody else. I think music has had a bigger impact on my swimming than I think it has. It certainly had an impact on my Windermere swim, um, and it does in all of my marathon swims. But like with swimming, when I can feel relaxed and be in a bit of a bubble and that's my space, that's also how I feel when I hear or when I'm playing music. And that was like that when I was younger as well. So it's taken a long time to get back to the point where both of them work together. Both music and swimming helped me, which is why I never saw my life as being one or the other. Both were always going to be included in it. Um, I just had to figure out how they were going to be included in it. Adaptive athlete and musician Sophie Etheridge, thank you so much for coming on Swimming. Thank you very much.
I'm glad that I ended up doing Windermere this year because when we figured it out, it's actually been five years since I've been swimming again and 10 years since my accident. So it works out quite nicely and it kind of has helped people see the journey that I've come on to end up at Windermere. So it's been an eye-opener for me as well. So thank you for asking the question. 